in case you guys are wondering, this is my drugs for tonight. <laughs> no, they actually are sugar tablets. I uh, have this new system. It's really nice. I wish that I had it 20 years ago uh, where I can... Uh, so if you hear a weird buzz, it's that White House calling for me. But uh, <laughs> I have a system where I can check my blood sugar at any time without having to prick my finger. And I tell you, that's been a blessing. But I want to go further than that. I just want to say liberty has been a blessing. And I agree with what Brother said. It's in my notes. You'll hear it again. You know, it is the 40th anniversary. But it's not what the pastor and his family has done. It's what God has done and still doing. And and Pastor, we don't don't have any problem with that. I mean, we'll we'll give God the glory. That's what we're supposed to do. you know, I said last night, uh, <clears throat> we were talking about you have circled this mountain long enough. And God has uh, basically told them, of course, after his word had already been fulfilled and all the children uh, that were 20 years and younger, except for Caleb and uh, <clears throat> Joshua, entered into the land of promise. And, you know... I know sometimes we like to say the age of accountability is probably around 12, but the only place in the Bible that really talks about an age, really, of accountability is found in Deuteronomy, and I'm going to get to my message tonight. And in verse 39, it says this, that moreover, your little ones, which you said should be a prey, of course they weren't, and your children, which in that have no knowledge between good and evil, they shall go in and unto uh, them. You know, again, I'm not saying you got to the age of 20, but there is something there to look at and think, you know, again. But God is merciful. That was one of my favorite songs. It is well with my soul. And it can be well with your soul. It should be well if you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. It is well with your soul. It didn't say you got everything correct. But I'm here to tell you, if you've trusted Jesus Christ, amen. We'll see you up there. That's all I got to say. Tonight, uh, like I said, last night we talked about the things in our lives as we go forward. That's what Pastor and I were just sharing. It's always forward. There's no armor for the backside. If you, when we put on the whole armor of God, there's no armor for your back. It's always going forward. Amen. And so the thing is, is this. But God, guess who? God's got my back. He's got my side. He's got my front. And I ain't got to worry about nothing. I'm telling you. So I'm just telling you tonight that as we go forward, tomorrow is the actual 15th which is the day that it actually happened. But, and I'm glad to see many of you were here uh, that were here. Some are still here that's been th- through all these things. And like I said, it's so interesting about the book of Deuteronomy. And you can try to just basically lay the, the history of liberty right on this, this book. They trying to go backwards and forwards. You know, like I said last night, that it may not seem like a liberty or a wilderness to you, but you just ask these people up front here, and they'll, 
they'll show you a thing or two. You know, they'll tell you a thing or two about the sacrifices and all those things that were made. Let's turn over to Deuteronomy chapter 2 tonight, and we'll read through verse 7. I will not be preaching so much out of there, but I will be preaching a verse in chapter 2 or 3 verses in chapter 8. So if you have your Bible, and I, I want to encourage you, please don't come to church without your Bible. Amen. You know, and please don't, you know, I'm a, I'm a stickler. I tell them, I don't lay something on your Bible. There's nothing more precious than the Word of God. And, you know, don't lay it on the floor. Put something underneath it. You know, it's God's Word. It's, it's the precious letter that He has given. To, and, you know, most of the things in this book is to the saved. The only thing to the loss is, hey, repent and, know, and trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Look at our verses tonight. We'll read, follow as I read. I'll try. Then we turned and took our journey into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. Now, remember, Moses has given them an update. As the Lord spake unto me, and we come past Mount Seir many days. And the Lord spake unto me, saying, and this was like the message last night, You have compassed this mountain long enough. Turn ye northward and command thou the people, saying, Ye are to pass through the coast of your brethren. Remember I told you God has a, a way and a conduct for us no matter where we go. Uh, the children of Esau, which dwell in Seir, and they shall uh, be afraid of you. Take ye good heed unto yourselves, therefore, meddle not with them, for I will not give you of their land, no, not so much as a foot breath, because I have given Mount Seir unto Esau for possession. And you know, I say it again, when God gives us something, he doesn't take it away. I'm so glad about that. Uh, and then verse 7, which is our verse of text throughout this whole week. For the Lord thy God have blessed thee in all the works of thy hand. He knoweth thy walking through this great wilderness these 40 years. The Lord thy God. And you know, what people don't realize is that he's reminding them who their God is. You know, so many times people forget who their God is. He's our God. Amen. But let me go on and finish here. Okay. All right. And, and the Lord uh, thy God have been with thee. Thou hast lacked nothing. And that, like I said last night, that's completely a picture of what has happened here and what will continue to happen as long as we walk. Now, please go with me over to chapter number eight, which is where we want to try to preach tonight. Uh, and I want you to look at verses two through four with me tonight, and you'll see now, remember, you'll see this in, in Scripture, and you'll hear it from messages. You will hear a lot of repeat from things and points that are made. Uh, why? And, and I'll say that to you in a little bit. But look at chapter number 8, and look at verse number 2. And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee to know what was in thine heart whether thou wouldest keep his commandment or no. And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manner which thou knowest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread only, 
but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. And then the last verse we'll talk about tonight, thy raiments waxed old, uh, not old, upon thee, neither did thy foot swell these 40 years. Let's pray. Lord, we come before you tonight thanking you again for another day. You said in your word, in all things, give thanks. So, Lord, we give you thanks tonight. And again, thank you for all those who have come out. And, Lord, I pray and believe that you will bless. I know your word is already blessed. But, Lord, just give me, like Brother said, the words that you would have me to say. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, as we have read that scripture, it seems that God is trying to prove Israel to himself. But that's not the way it is. You know, what was in their hearts? You remember I said this, and it's actually in my notes again tonight. Remember, the test <coughs> is not to see how much a teacher knows, but to see how much you know. And to let you know, well, I guess I didn't study hard enough or that kind of thing. You know, we used to have our own grade system. A was awful, B was bad, C, <laughs> F was fabulous, you know, that kind of thing, you know. <laughs> it didn't go very well, but we tried anyway. But again, but remember this, the Lord knoweth everything about us. Remember I said last night, doth he, uh, he count all of our steps. You know, some people said last night, you made a few steps, and I'm going to make a few more tonight, Lord willing. You know, and the thing is, he knows, he, it says, he counts all my tears. He keeps them in a bottle. Yes. God knows all about me, and he knows all about you. Yeah. So he, and he knows all this before we were even born. Yeah. Isn't that something before Pastor Holder got, this is not. Uh, again, uh, a mystery that I'm here tonight. It's only by the grace of God, but that's good enough for me. Amen. I can take that. It's his will. It was, somebody said this, you know, I'm, I, I, it was, I'm blessed by God. It was his intent that I be here tonight and over this time. So we just want to say here, he knows our thoughts before they're even our thoughts. Now, because of Israel's stubbornness, their disobedience, and their lack of faith, which we could say is part of our problem as well, that God led these original, this original generation into the wilderness. That's what got them there. Remember I said last night, we create our own wildernesses sometimes because of the same reason. Poor choices, disobedience, lack of faith. It's always going to be that way. Doesn't change. That was that generation. But now Moses has led the new generation to the entry of the promised land. Folks, for 40 years in the Bible, is considered a generation. That young man right there has led the way majority of those years. Praise God. You know, like I said, to be able to say we have our original founder that started, and God is still pushing him along a little bit. He ain't gone, and thank God for that. But now we got someone else that's got to take us into the next generation. You know, the switch is there. You know, like I said, I, we're just not quite as young as we used to be, but that's okay too. But here he is, Moses is leading them. And of course, I already said that 
The only people that made it in was Joshua and Caleb. And boy, that was not the time to be 21 years old. It was time to be 20 or less because God had mercy on them. And again, uh, he led their young ones, the ones, the very ones. Remember I said last night that they were so concerned about you, Moses, you, you brought us out here. And wasn't there enough graves in, in Egypt and all those things? They were always wanting to turn back. Every time something got a little tough, you know, how many times, you know, just like they said, uh, brother said, I've got to do that again. And, you know, I've been good and, and I've had some good times and all those things. But you know what? God is still good, but they, you can't turn back. Every time something happens and if Satan knows you're going to turn back, he's going to keep turning you back. They always wanted to turn back. Lord Moses, you're going to let our little ones die. And like I said last night, they were the ones. You know, so many times, the very thing that we are so afraid of, that's what God will use. They were afraid. We won't, you know, it was big and it's still big for an Israelite to not be buried and not have a grave and all those things. And let me, let me just point it out to you. God allowed them. He said, you know what? I'm going to let you wander in the wilderness until every one of you, over a million people, died. You know, I figured it out today. It comes down to 69.4 every day died. 69. Do the math. Figure it out. 69. I can't remember the other one. I just got down to that one. But the thing is, is this. Can you imagine having that many funerals every day? God said, you know, I'm not letting you in. And the thing is, that's a lot of, I mean, sometimes we'll have one or two or maybe even a year. But every day there was sadness in the camp. And you let me tell you something. If you don't do it God's way, there's going to always be sadness in your camp. It's not going to change, folks. And so I'm just sitting here saying this to you that now God is getting ready to do something. Like I said, 40 years and God is getting ready to do something else. I shift my gear shifted a little bit and move up and then let off on the clutch and squeal the tires. God wants to do something continually here. Remember I said last night, but he's got to get us to stop circling that, you know, that mountain. Because when things aren't going well or we can't get over the victory, God wants to do something to everybody in here. Every person matters. That's right. If you think you're too small to make a difference, try getting in bed with a mosquito. He'll make a difference in your life. So nobody's too small to make a difference, but we need each and every one. Amen. I'm just telling you, everyone matters. And remember I said last night, I said, the sin in your camp will cause people around you issues. Just like in AI. You know, there's so much to learn. I won't preach on that tonight. But again, as we go down and we see as they're going into the next 40, uh, Moses is, listen, let me tell you something. The word Deuteronomy means new law. New law. Now, that doesn't mean that God was saying, okay, whoops, I made a mistake. 
I need to send down some more law. But here's the thing, and this is what I say to you, because there's a lot of young families in here, praise God, and people I don't know. It wasn't that, see, the old law was for the survival in the wilderness. But the new law would be, for them, would be for their spiritual growth. And that's what they would need. And so we see this tonight, guys. As we go forward, Moses is reiterating the same thing. You know, God hasn't changed. That's why it says in in Malachi 3, 6, for I am the Lord, I change not. You know, there again, we're the ones that change. And so God wants us to know and say, hey, listen, new generation, listen. Uh Uh-oh, that's my buzzer. Listen, people at, at uh, Liberty, I told you I was going to have to take some of these medications, but that's okay. I'll just preach around it. I heard a, a pastor preach here one time. He said, I'll preach until the candy runs out, and, and he had put a button in his mouth, and so he just kept right on preaching. But I'm say, here to say to you is this, is that, listen, God had handed down the law again to these people. Because, guess what? We have short memories. Most of you probably couldn't tell me, you might, what you had for breakfast this morning. But I can tell you what I had for some breakfast, man. I'm telling you, somebody made some biscuits and make you want to slap yourself. I'm telling you, man, that was good stuff. And I appreciate that. But we have short memories. Also, We need to know God's word afresh. That's why we have revival. Amen? Why? Because they are, we are facing a new challenge, a new generation, and new enemies. Listen, Liberty. You think it's been tough. We used to have an old saying down south. You just hopped out of the grease bucket into the frying pan. You hear me? But you don't go alone. Last night we talked about a lot of the problems and the trials that we'll face. Some of you have heard me preach or attempt to preach the word of God. I give him all the glory and none for myself. Tonight, we want to talk about the purpose of our trials. You see, let me tell you something. God does not waste anything. Do you hear me? I'm going to try to go wide this time. (laughs) You go long and I'll fake it to you, right? But I'm sitting here saying to you is this, God doesn't waste anything. Now, we can waste a lot. Doesn't it bother me to have a, I don't know why they call it potluck, but a dinner and look at the amount of food that some people waste. Mm. But God doesn't waste anything. I'm not talking about food. That means all things. It's just like that Bible says, and we know what it says in Romans 8, 28, and all things work together for good. Or is it? It didn't say nothing about feeling good. We know that. But it's still for our good, just like vegetables are for our good. Amen? 
Say amen. You nod your head, kids. You know I'm talking to you. But I'm sitting here saying to you is that God is going to use the trials and the things in our life because it's for our good and our spiritual growth. So the purpose for our trials, like I said, it may not seem like it. But, you know, the Bible says God's ways are not our ways. I, I, I can't figure it out. I mean, even to the simple thing as our creation. Take a look at your hand. You notice how your thumb sits way over here. Now, if I'd have made this, I'd have probably put it up a little closer. But do you know without that, you can't hold on to nothing? I'm serious. But God's ways are not our ways, period. But his ways are always the best way. Amen. 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 So I'm sitting here saying to you tonight, I want to talk about the purpose for our trials. One reason is there's a divine nature for our trials. What does that mean? That means that all our trials are unique, especially for you. Do you hear me? Your trial is not going to be the same as my trial. And my trial is not going to be the same as your trial. You know, I'm chocolate Rice Krispies. (laughs) You're a different color Rice Krispies. But I'm just sitting here saying to you, guys, God is unique because he knows how to reach each and every one of us. And he wants to do just that. He's not willing that any should perish. And like I said many times, folks, hell was never meant for any of us, only the devil and his angels. And if you go, you'll be a visitor. Just like that old song, Hotel California, I think it was. It said, you can check out as much as you want, but you can never leave. Don't go there. God has a unique plan or a unique set of, of uh, trials just for us. Have you ever survived some traumatic experience? Knowing that you should not have made it. A few years ago, coming home from the commissary, flipped that white uh, blazer I had. And folk, I'm telling you, I was upside down. And your seatbelts were locked on you. I couldn't get off of it. And only by the grace of God, then I'm here. If that thing catches on fire, you don't have a preacher. You have somebody else preaching tonight. But you know, like I said, that was God. There was 1,100 rounds of 22 shells in the back. There was three receiver hitches, and most of the guys know what they are. They're a big ball. And I'm rolling a vehicle one and a half times. All one of them have to do is clock me up. Well, you know, it probably would have bent the receiver hitch. But what am I saying to you is that, you know what, I come out, matter of fact, uh, the only thing I lost, I had over $1,000 worth of grocery. Now, I'm not bragging about that, but it takes a lot to feed the oldest. <laughs> but I'm sitting here saying, listen, I know that was God. It was like, look, all that stuff behind me. Do you know 
That truck rolled one and a half times. All the glasses were broke out. I had glass all around here. Didn't get any of my eyes. I had a nick here, a nick there. A bump on the head. I tried to, you ever watch the Flintstones? You know how Dino always pushes his head up through the top? <laughs> That's what I tried to do. But of course, that metal. But what am I saying to you? That was God obvious. Matter of fact, the police officer came up. He said, uh, Pastor Hoda, because uh, he knew who it was. He said, I got your ribs. I said, man, look, don't make me hurt you. I said, you know, you got my ribs. He was messing with me. And you know, the only thing that, that of all that groceries, even the eggs, none of them were broke. I'm serious. And, and the thing is, it was like God put up a, 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 a shield right behind me. We lost two bags of flour. And I'm serious. And you know what? My Girl Scout cookies went out the window. <laughs> Matter of fact, I told the officer, I said, I guess that means I lost my cookies. I was out there. He said, we need to put this Philadelphia color. I said, I don't care. I'm getting my cookies, man. These things are expensive. <laughs> I've said that. I'm, I'm just sitting here saying, but what am I saying? God has done some God-obvious things in your life when you know it was him. Yeah. That's why he did it. I wasn't lucky. Christians aren't lucky. Christians are blessed. And bless them all. Again, a traumatic experience? Well, I can tell you what a traumatic experience is. Eating my mother's cornbread. I'm telling you. I told it for when she was alive. She's in heaven now. But I'm telling you, that was the worst cornbread in North Carolina. And I'm telling you. I, I mean, it was so bad. We threw a couple of biscuits out. Fuzzy was our uh, colleague. He put his foot on it and looked up. He had to be praying. But I'm just sitting here saying to you again is that now I know it might sound like Pastor Holt is funny. But I'm trying to tell you that whatever events has happened, there's been some ways made out of no way right here at Liberty when it didn't look like I can remember. Remember when Pastor started talking about a printing press, we didn't hardly have two nickels to rub together. And then all of a sudden, these little churches up in, in New York start sending these big old checks. We didn't even have no place to park the thing. And, and McKee Ford, uh, God, see, God had that ram in the bush. And right where Best Buy is, that was an empty building. And it housed that press until God for free. Because God can. Yep. Yeah. Folks, he, he gives us trials because of his divine nature to get us to look and see. Remember I said last night, God doesn't try anything. He's not trying to get your attention. When he wants it, he's going to get it. He's going to get it. And he'll keep it as long as he wants to. I better move on. And, you know, them Calvary folks, they're getting on me in a little bit. I'm so glad to see my, some, a lot of my congregation, old congregation here tonight. But listen, the purpose of our trials, many of them, is this. We need to realize that even in our trials, they are sustained. What does sustain mean? It means to provide with nourishment. Notice how God dealt with his chosen people. And by the way, you are saved, you're chosen Look at, uh, again, at chapter 8 and verse number 2, which is where most of everything is going to come from tonight. And you see right there a people, uh, I'm sorry, I'm on the wrong side. It's not the curled up one, it's the double, double circles. 
And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led these, these 40 years in the wilderness. Again, their ways were sustained to humble thee. And I'll come back to this verse quite a bit. And to prove thee, to know what was in thy heart, whether thou would keep them. They were sustained. It said the Lord led them. Yes, they were wandering around, but they were, if you ever read the book of Numbers, and, and, and I mean, it was like they sometimes would stay only a day. That was a lot of work to be pulling up a tabernacle and heading on again. And sometimes they might would say, you know, I always tell people, and I said this at, at Calvary, I ain't going to move until the cloud moves because that was the cloud by day and the fire by night, and I'm not moving until God said that. But yet, God sustained them. And see, this is what I, I so love about the Bible. All these things are given for our examples. That means for our example. God will sustain you even in the wilderness. Even when you're not doing everything you're supposed to do. Like I said last night, 40 years. Have you witnessed to 40 people? That's just one a year. One a year. Think about it. Just one person. Because like I said, God is all about one. They get excited when one comes. But you see, Moses and God deals with these 40s. Moses spent 40 years in Pharaoh's court. He spent 40 years tending his father's sheep, father-in-law's sheep. In Midian and, and so on and so on. And we know about the 40 nights and 40 days of rain and all that. And I think we had a lot of that in South Dakota, uh, no, uh, Nebraska this year. I keep saying, when we get up to South Dakota, well, we're here, praise God. But we had a lot of rain this past year. But no matter what, God will sustain you even when things don't look so well. Ask this couple right down here and a daughter and a son and some of the others. He sustained us. You know, maybe it wasn't the way we wanted it to do, to be, but we're still here. Amen. Amen. And so, even though they were disobedient and had no faith, God did not turn his back on them. Aren't you glad about that? I'm, I know you guys are spiritual. Y'all have it together all the time, don't you? You know, you get a prayer through every time, and, and I, you know you should. But I'm just sitting here saying to you, 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 you don't fall into that disobedience there, right? You know what the Lord said? With, let thee without sin cast the first stone. None of us will be picking up no stone. But I'm sitting here saying, even when you're out doing your thing, enjoying the pleasures of sin, because the Bible says that, if you read uh, Hebrews 11, verse 30, Moses made a choice to be with, to suffer with the people of God versus having the pleasures of sin for a season. So that lets you know, man, and, and all of us are here are sinners saved by grace. We knew when it was fun, but that's not what God wanted. The Bible says that, hey, guess what? While we were yet sinners. Yes, come on. <laughs> oh, Lord, I knew I was going to get it. Christ died for our sins. No, 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 no. That's, that's just me, man. I, don't move this. Uh, 
I, I need to, I'll be honest with you, I need this to lean on. You see, I ain't getting too far, you know, because Brother Kenny's got his big foot right out there. He's going to trip me. <laughs> I just messed with him. But I'm just sitting here saying to you is, listen, when we weren't doing right, God didn't zap us. Ain't you glad about that? You know, in the summertime, you ever seen those bug zappers? And when that bug sees that light, oh, man, I'm in heaven. It's over. He don't get no second chance. But how many chances has God given us? Oh, you know, we're going, well, you know, I sinned today. I got 489 more times today. You know, 490, you know, 70 times 7, do the math. So I'm sitting here saying to you guys, is that while we were out there, but God commended his love toward us while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You ain't thinking about God. Some of the young people sitting here tonight, are you really thinking about the Lord? Are you really wanting to let him have control of your life? Like I said, unfortunately, some people are just uh, playing. Remember I talked about that last night? When you're just circling the mountain, there's no power. And guess what? You can't go forward circling in the same. You know, we, we're out of the base, and, and the kids are wondering, Dad, why come they doing that at night? You know, all they're doing is doing night uh, touch and goes. They're not going anywhere. They're not going on a battle mission. They're just flying around and around in circles. And that's just what happens until we get the victory. And let me tell you this, it's the same way you can go back and read. And, and when it wasn't until they had killed Saigon and Og that God spake to Moses. It's the same way when you kill the sin in your life, God will speak to you. But not until then. No, I don't want to kill the sin. I like it. I got to take a little bit with me. Yeah. Little dab of do you, right? That stuff don't work for us black people. I told you that. For those that remember the Brill Cream commercials and all that stuff. (laughs) But God was patient with them and he's patient with us. I get on. You know, but then I want you to look at something else. The reason not only is it divine nature, not only the reason is for God to sustain us, but our trials are severe. God is not playing. Oh, don't hurt them. They're my children. No, man, I can tell you like this. God be like, come on out of that corner. Is it come, come remind me of what, what my mama used to say. Mama, I ain't going to do it no more. God, I ain't going to do it. My son, I'm going to get you this time. I'm going to tear you up. You know, because your trials are designed to do what? To get you on your knees and say, Lord, please, I need your help. I know I've sinned. That's what it's all about. Yeah. You know, God can't get our attention. You know, he will. But no, you know, but as soon as we need something, oh, God, help me. I need this and I need that. I almost can hear him say, be quiet. You ain't going to do nothing but as soon as you get it and run out the door. But even though he knows that, he still blesses us. Folk, they're there to severe, to get us on our knees. You know, I once said when I was going through and my wife and I were going through with some of our children that were kind of tough, I said, it put me on my knees. That's where I needed to be. Anyway, you know, 
I say this much to you. If the only time you pray is when you're in trouble, you're in trouble. If the only time you pray is when you're in trouble, you're in trouble. No, we need to be praying, Lord, thank you. We need to be praying, Lord, I adore you. And we need to be praying, Lord, show me. Instead of gimme, gimme, gimme. The only time you pray is when you're in trouble. Lord, I got a flat tire. Well, you should have been, um, you know, whatever. That's not to say you can't pray when you're in trouble. But if that's the only time you are praying, folk, you're in trouble. And he's going to continue to let you circle that mountain. And why come I can't get no victory? Because you haven't killed that sin. Again, let's not forget that many of our trials not only are severe, but all our trials are under his supervision. Think about it. Satan hates you. If he had his way, everyone in here, he would do just like that bug zapper. We'd be gone. But everything. You remember when he, when he came up, the Lord God said, do anything you want to, Job, but you're not going to take his life. I mean, he could have tried. He could have brought all the demons of hell, but it wasn't going to happen. You know what? God has no respect to person. Remember that. He loves you just like he loved Job. He's not going to let but just so much happen to you. And, he, and you know what? Satan has to ask permission. All our trials are under his supervision. Amen. You just don't go, well, you know, uh, Pastor Hoda, you've been, you done ripped your shorts this time. You know, you done messed up. Now, I'm trying to be, I'm not going to be vulgar. Don't get me wrong. But I'm sitting here saying to you is that they're severe. I alluded to this earlier that we see in verse 2. Go back over there. God led them <clears throat> over those past 40 years. Listen, it's been the Lord that led Pastor Williams and Sister Williams and the other Sister Williams and the whole family, and liberty over 40 years. You know what? Did he get it right every time? Sure he did. Now, Pastor, that's going to cost you about $5 because I said that. Yeah. <laughs> no, he didn't get it right all the time. Remember what I said last night? He can't walk on no water, and I ain't going out there with him. Remember what I said last night? The bottom line is this. Listen. But every, I, I can remember when he wanted to start, and, and, and it looked so impossible to get this printing ministry going. But isn't it interesting, right in the middle of that, a man stood up and said, guess what I do? What was that, Brother Brett? I knew how to run a printing press. God had a ram in the bush. Not when we were going to kill him. He probably felt like that sometimes. <laughs> but I'm just sitting here saying to you, God was in it, and I'm glad about it. Yeah. Yeah. God was in it. Amen. We can't help but get excited about that. You know what? You walk through your trials. We lost families over there. Oh, we're going to be in a Kwanzaa hut. Boy, it sure is nice in this Kwanzaa hut, ain't it? 
You know who I'm talking about. He's going to be in a Quonset hut. This ain't going to work. Listen, my God is a mighty God. And there's nothing too hard for him. And no matter what you're going through, I'm just telling you, in our trials and all those things, even though they're severe, he's, they're still under his control. And just like he said them last night, all right, guys, that's enough. It's time. And God will do that in your life. Maybe you're going through some tough times. And the good news is that he hasn't forsaken us. Amen. He has redeemed us. So the divine nature of our trials are severe. They're sustained, and they're under superstition. But listen, I mean, not superstition, supervision. I'm sorry. Right, right, right. right, right. Thank you, Mrs. Holder. I appreciate that. Nobody else didn't say no. You should have said, oh, no, they're going to talk about me. You hear what Pastor Holder said? He, he, he said superstition up there. And, then, you know, I, I, like I told Pastor many times, and I said to you, if I say something wrong, it does not bother me to be corrected. Because it's important. Because I got young people out there going, hey, it's all right if we're dealing down a little superstition. Pastor said so. <laughs> you just don't know what people think. But listen, don't miss this point tonight. There are blessings for our trials. Purpose of our trials, divine nature. Supervision, I got it right that time. Severe. And, and even uh, sustained. But there's blessings for our trials. Isn't it assuring to know that the author of our trials continues to bless us <coughs> while we're going through? Amen. He's still blessing us. It almost always appeared that God has forgotten about us. Psalm 13:1, I said it last night, I'll say it again. I love the Psalms. How long, oh God, will you forget about me? Forever? Because when we're in trouble, it seems like God is nowhere near, isn't it? But you know what? He's as close as he's ever been. When we're going through trials, Lord, if, if you'd have been here, you remember, Mary? Lord, if you'd have been here, my, 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 my brother wouldn't have died. Yes, he would have. God was going to do something. He had a purpose. What am I saying to you? Listen. God is still going to bless us. Even when the mistakes we have made, if we'll just say, Lord, forgive me. Listen. Have you ever noticed what they said, what Jesus said as he was dying on the cross? Now, I'm going to tell you right now. Somebody's sticking some spears in my back, in my side, and beating me with a cat of nine tails. I would be saying, zzz, zzz. no, that's not what Jesus said. Father, forgive them, for they know not. Do you realize they were forgiven? Them cloud hoppers, they were forgiven. And yet they were crucifying our Lord. Thank God, because that was God's plan. I wouldn't have planned it that way. I'd be saying, look, look uh, God, can we get together on this? And, you know, I'll go down there and I'll say a few things for him, but I don't want nobody sticking no holes in my hand. You know, that would have been us. But yet, we're blessed, even though it seems like God is nowhere near. And when it seems like God is doing nothing, oh, yes, he is. 
he's still doing. I'm sure there was plenty of times when it didn't seem like God was doing nothing here at Liberty. But the last time I heard is that what we might have to go to a second service. Praise God. Because souls are still getting saved. That's why you're here. Yes, for 40 years, God has given us a chance to keep shining the light, the lighthouse, you know, so ships can come in. God's not done with us. Thing is, is this, is that, you know, the thing I like about the Psalms, many times David would start out and he was seen beaten down. But by the end of the song, he's always praising God. Just notice that sometimes. Yep, you know, how long would they forget, forget me? Forever. But down by the end of the song, he's praising God. Even as we're going through our travels, our trials and, and situations, Job said, I said it last night, though he slay me, because it sure feels like he's killing us, I was still trusting him. You see, bottom line is that, can you imagine? says that you're here tonight and you seem like God is not doing a thing in your life. Keep pressing and praying and trusting. Because there's nothing too hard for God. He fed them with manna. For 40 years. Can you imagine that? No grocery bill for 40 years. What a savings. And the food was perfect. You scoop up a little bit. You did it God's way and you were fine. It's not any different in anything we do. If we just scoop up a little bit and do it God's way, you'll be fine in the next years. See, that's what's, so, that's what's so great about the Scripture. Every little thing is aimed to encourage us and to show us something. They can scoop it up. I'm tired of this old mess. But if they threw it down, they were going to live to see another day. Amen. And like I said last night, down there in verse number 4, chapter 8, you look down there and you see where it says that thy raiment wax not old. Folks, they didn't have dry cleaners. They didn't have washer and dryer, but neither did thy foot swell these 40 years. Now, you know, I said that last night. There was no need for payless shoes. You remember I said that. But like I said last night as well, you know, the foot is there's a lot of, of uh, things they can determine health-wise from your feet. Everything is hooked to your feet. They can check your and see if there's something going on with your foot, they can tell. And right now, there's something going on with Pastor Holder's foot. But let me tell you this. They didn't have no congestive heart failure. Because when you start having, your ankles start looking like tree trunks, and you got a lot of fluid down there, they didn't have that. Their foot didn't swell. There was no high blood pressure. For 40 years. What a blessing. God can do anything but fail. I mean, that's good stuff right there. Like I said last night, if they don't light your fire, your wood is wet. 
He can do that. And he can do it for you too. You don't realize. Think how. Let me tell you something. You know the most dangerous thing you do at least three times a day is eat. Do you know that? When you eat, one flap opens, the other flap closes. If you start talking too much and the other one opens, you, don't, you start to go down in your lungs. You don't need that. We don't realize. We just take it for granted. You know, eat it right on up. But it's a blessing to be able. God is merciful to you. And you know what? I said it last night. Nobody's going to stick by you like God has. He stayed with you all your life. You see, I've known my mom for many years. She lived nine decades, but she's gone now. But God is still with me. I'm just telling you tonight. Nobody's going to stick by you like God. Nothing that we can't do. Even when things aren't going the way we want. Y'all are gonna make me preach over here one of these days. Thing is, is this is that you see, one of the blessings is that to be in his presence, even in trials. He's there. <laughs> I've always had fun with this person. Matthew 28, 20, Jesus said, Lo. I am with thee always, even until the end of the world. That's why I hate flying. Because he said, Lo, I'll be with you always. Now, I spent 20 years, six months, and one day in a service, and all we did was fly. And I'm telling you, I couldn't work to get my black, fat, flat feet on the ground. I'm just telling you like it is. Because I remember that verse, Lo, Lord. I said, I got something else for you to do, Pastor. So. So I'm just sitting here saying to you tonight is that God is with us, even when things aren't going so well. But I got to finish up tonight. I think I've been going a little while. Y'all have to smack me sometimes. I can get a little long-winded. I hope, every, I hope everybody's okay. I said last night, I said, nobody threw no tomatoes at me. Now watch, tomorrow night, there'll be tomatoes thrown at me. But I'm going to speed it up a little bit. <clears throat> Listen. You see here in verse number three, and we understand this, the reason why God did the same thing to them and he wants to do to us, look what it says. It says, and he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna. Remember I talked about, which thou knowest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread but by every word that proceeded about the mouth of the Lord. Now, I walked away from that a little bit with my eyes, so I hope I didn't miss too many of those verses there. Remember, the purpose of their trials was to humble them. Can you imagine 40 years of humbling? Like I said a while ago, 69, almost 70 people a day die. That'll humble you. Seventy people died every day. Do the math. Well, pastor might be off. I just calculated a million. Give you the information. Divide by 40. Divide by 12. Divide by 30. 30 days each month, 12 months, 40 years. 70. 69.444. But again, 
You see, God wanted to humble them. Let me ask you a question. How long is it going to take for God to humble you? You see, here's the thing. God said, humble thyself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. But you know what it is, don't you? What does it say, uh, uh, Second Chronicles? If what? My people, that's you, who are called by my name, will pride themselves. Is that what it says? No, humble themselves. The hardest thing for us to do, Lord, I need thee. Yes, we need thee. Every hour, I need thee. But yet, we sit here and say, you know what? I got this, God. You know, I've been here before. You know, I've been around. I've been kicking this around for a long time. I know what to do. Yes, this is a job for super God. You know, they used to they want to show this is a job for Superman. We have a super God. Amen. Amen. Well, humble yourself. How do I do that? Truly by depending on him. Truly by trusting him. Having faith in him. The Bible says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. How do I please God? Trust him. Trust and faith. They go so close together, you can't separate them. Do I have to have God humble me? I can remember, and I, I, I can remember a good buddy, a friend here tonight. I can't call his name, but we used to talk all the time. First name, <laughs> I can't say that. You guys know who I'm talking about. He knows who I'm talking about. But we used to always say, I don't want God to humble me. I want to be humble. Because you see what he did? He made him go into the wilderness. He let him get a little bit hungry. Listen, there's two things I hate, being cold and hungry. I don't like that. I mean, I'm a little hot right now. I mean, you know, blood sugar dropping and everything. I think I got it up a little bit. I'll check here. 105, praise God. It was 75, so it's going back up. But what am I saying to you? Listen, is that you don't have to go this way, young people. How, how, how is it? Because, you know, I don't want to just preach to you about everything that happened. I want to tell you how you can avoid that. Amen. Come on. You see, trust in the Lord with all thine heart, not some of your heart. Right. Lean uh, not into your own understanding. So much there. You know, I'm going to put it on you, God. I heard somebody say, trust God and leave the consequences to him. Amen. Do it God's way. Well, God, you told me. He don't have no problem with that. Oh. You see, how do I humble myself? Again, draw nigh to God. And he'll draw nigh to you. How does he do that? This word right here. Draw nigh to God. You just give, you know what? <laughs> it was an old saying. I think it was life series. Try it, you might like it. I'm not going to try it. I'm not going to try it. Let's get Mikey. He eats everything. Remember that? Some of y'all remember that. <laughs> the Bible says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. You just try it his way. 
You know what? You don't try it the wrong way. You've been circling around that mountain. Why don't you just quit and try his way for a change and just see what happens. God said, come on, I'm ready. You know, I dare you. Remember the boy that used to play, Robert Conrad, I think it was, used to play Wild Wild West. They put a little battery on his head, talking about, I dare you. God says, you know what? I dare you. And I can remember a certain pastor used to say, I double dog dare you. Oh, man, that brought back some memories. Oh, Lord. You just try it his way. Lord, I don't know what you're going to do, but I know you're going to do something. You see, (laughs) there are things we can do to avoid being humbled. The Bible says this in Proverbs, and believe it or not, I'm almost done. I know you guys are weary, uh, weary, but it says this, that you know, in Proverbs chapter number 4, verse 14, enter not into the path of the wicked and go not in the way of the evil man. Listen, when I was pastoring up in Sturgis, you guys know all about that rally. I do too. You know what? No man should be taking fire and punish chest and expect not to get burned. You know, sometimes we just need to go the other way. I take that back street right there by McDonald's and go on around that way to church. Because you know what? I don't want God to humble me. You know, I don't, I don't want to have to put myself, Lord, I think I can handle this. Your eyes get all big. Listen, there are many things that God wants us to do. And he even allows us, stay away from it. Stay away from the rock music. All it's going to do is send you somewhere other than the rock. And the rock being Jesus Christ. It's not going to do that. And so what am I saying to you? Again, lots of things that the Bible tells us that we can do. And then what should I do? How should I think? Did you ever read what it says in Philippians? Chapter number 4, verse 8. Gives us a thought process. Because you know what? You, you know, the Bible talks about, uh, again, and I didn't read this scripture, and I, I should have, and please forgive me, about, you know what? Uh, draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Uh, again, uh, cleanse your hands, and, you know, wash your hands, and cleanse your mind, and all those things, purify your mind. All those things, those are things we need to do, because those are the things that start making us proud. Well, she's looking at me. She didn't die for you. And you didn't die for her. I'm just telling you, young people, humble yourself. Give God the best of your life now. Don't wait till you think, well, I've done lived long enough now. I better come on to Jesus. Today is the day of salvation. You may not see tomorrow. I'm going to tell you the truth. I said it last night. It's only by the grace of God that I'm here. Because I'm telling you, I did not think I would be alive to even be here today. But you know what? We want to humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord. Our trials are given for that reason. The trial was Israel was to prove thee, to let them know what was in their heart. And the goal of every furnace, the goal of every lion's den, the goal of every 
uh, prison, Philippian jailer cell, is to reveal the inner character of the child. What am I? I? Can I trust God in the midst of the lions, in the midst of the furnace? You know, I heard somebody say this. When, when you go through the furnace and God has sent you there, you can come out and don't even smell like you've even done anything. You know, don't even smell like there's no singeing on your, on your clothes or on your hair because God took care of you. I looked, there was, then we put three men in there. I see a fourth man and he looks like the son of God. Amen. Now, you didn't see this, but I was kind of jumping like this, you know, kick that one foot up a little bit. My wife's going to get me, but anyway. Pray for forgiveness. Pray for forgiveness. <laughs> As we finish up tonight, the final thing that God wanted them to see, that he wants us to see, that our trials are given to us to let us know man does not live by bread alone. You know, some people think, if I can make enough, if I can dress a certain way, if I can go and live high on the hog, I like the bottom part of the hog too, especially the pig feet. You probably go, ew, they're good. But I'm sitting here saying to you, you know, bread, if I can just do this, God is saying, you need more than that. You're going to need more than that. Don't try to hide your trials. Well, I got to make more money. You know what? You know what the scripture says. What does it profit a man? What? They gain the whole world and lose his own soul. Listen. Just as Israel failed, I'm glad that even in our failures, God has a divine nature and will for my life. He still sustains me. He still blesses me. And you know what? John tells me he is the bread of life. He is the bread of life. You're here tonight. And you have never trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. There are going to be many trials. Even after, you know, I heard somebody say this. Life is difficult with Jesus. But it's impossible without him. Amen. You're here tonight. You've never trusted him as your Lord and Savior. God is getting put things in your life because he loves you to draw you to him. Pastor, I'd love to finish, but I'm going to have to settle down. I'm going to turn it over to you to do the invitation tonight. Thank you all for listening to me. Maybe you can put up with me again tomorrow night. No, no tomatoes. <laughs>